Good morning, Vietnam. <laughs> Dude, it's the morning, it but is. we're not in Vietnam. No, no. Thank goodness. We are in this tiny little room in the church. Yes. Welcome, everybody. This is LCC's podcast, Pursuit of Purpose. I am Nate. I'm joined here today with Kevin Stuckey. Hi, Kevin. Nice Howdy. to see you again. Yeah, it's and it is. It's Saturday morning, man. It is. Yeah, we we've never done a Saturday morning one. No, have we done a morning show? Ever? I don't think so, man. I'm I'm barely awake right now, so you're asking me <laughs> way too many questions, way too quick. <laughs> yeah, our first we uh, had uh, uh, trunk or treat our Thursday night, and so uh, we didn't get to uh, record our show, but decided maybe we would try to get one in this morning. You know, Cody came up with a great idea. And by the way, I think Cody and Nelson are definitely still sleeping in. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's their excuse. Uh, Yeah, But Cody had a great idea. Next year, we need to do like interviews of the kids in Trunk or Treat. That could get interesting. That could get very interesting. But it'd be cute, man. Yeah. All the kids in in their little costumes. I think we'd have to, I don't think we could do live. Probably not, no. I think we probably have to have the ability to edit. Yeah, that could get interesting. Yeah, maybe that's. I see a a lawsuit on the horizon. (laughs) That's not such a good idea. We might just put that one on the back burner. Yeah, we might. We might, you know, put that one. Just shuffle that one away and forget it. Yeah, yeah. Rainy day. Uh, so, like, speaking of trunk or treat, Kevin, how did how did everything go the other night? Really good. Um, we had, I don't know, we had a ton of kids come through. We had to move it um, down to the community room at the firehouse there here in here in town. Uh, we couldn't have it here at our at our facility, and um, just because of the weather, it rained. Of course, it's been raining for two days. Yeah, it has. <laughs> yep. I've been pretty miserable. But um uh but because of the weather we moved it inside and it, it went really well, man. There was a lot of people showed up to pass out candy and we had a ton of kids come through um and, and grab stuff. It was funny. You have a lot of parents really now asked to say trunk trick or treat and then the kids say it and you you give them the candy and then their parents say now say thank you and just a lot of that you know kids yep, yep. kids we, we're one of that. those parents yeah sure. yeah for sure yeah uh so i learned something new brandy i mean she's she, she's the leesburg girl born and bred she told me that the fitzgerald's house is the best house to go to because they give the popcorn balls away yes homemade yeah, and I stole one of my kids uh, and ate it the other night, and she's not wrong. Yes. Yeah. Pretty. Yeah. Pretty. And solid. they don't. They don't usually last. Like they, they, uh, um, they do. You know, they have they have several that they make, but you know they run out, and so if you don't get over there and get that in, then you're you're not gonna you're not gonna get one. And I don't ever because we've always done the trunk or treat thing, so I don't ever get down there, but. Yeah, I've had one or two that people brought me different times. and whew. Yeah, I was really, we went down to the school before we went back home that night too with the kids. And I got to say, like, the amount of support and, and just the amount of businesses and different groups that do that pass out candy at the school, that's really cool, man. Yeah, it's, it's honestly, it's been something like from the church's standpoint that, you know, I don't think that I would have ever done, but it was, it for us, it was always an extremely successful night. Like, I mean, four to 600 people will come through the line, you know, depending on the year, you know, but there's a lot of people that get out that night and take the kids out and still has that small town vibe. I don't know. Is Greenfield, do they do similar? They have. Yeah. So they, they do um, kind of like the downtown area of Greenfield, <laughs> you know, that small downtown area. <laughs> Still bigger than Leesburg's. Uh, <laughs> they they always do like the businesses always have uh, stuff. I, and Paint Creek EMS they they're kind of the ones that head it up and get it all organized. And they always do a really good job. So um, that's usually where we we go. But we kind of changed it up a little bit this year. And I mean, man, it's it's pretty solid. We really love the Leesburg and uh, just everything you guys did here. So 
Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, for sure. Good. So, uh, so we do have quite the topic today. Um, it is something that we've uh, spoken about before. Um, before we get to that, though, there are two more things. I, I want you to kind of mention something about your uh, your sermon that you did on Sunday, Kevin. It was on sluggardliness. Um, <laughs> but even before that, sluggardliness, sluggardliness. <laughs> I think you asked right. me before before the sermon if that There's, was even a word. <laughs> somebody, I still don't think it's a word. Somebody man. needs to look that up. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get to that, it, it is Halloween tomorrow, and I did mention to you that I stayed home last night and I watched scary movies. Yes, and uh, I saw, I saw the movie Scream for the first time in like twenty years, man. So Kevin, I got to ask you this, man. Like, what is your favorite? scary movie oh man i knew as soon as you started going down this rabbit hole that i was gonna have to say this i am i i am not a scary movie like fan i don't like scary movies um but i would have to say like i can't go movie because because uh well i could probably go movie but i i'm not going to because it doesn't really I don't have a movie that I would say tops The Walking Dead. Mm, like, and I'm I I am fan day one. When I saw the first preview, I said that show is for me, yeah. and I have been a super fan of that show ever since. Now, when they killed off Rick Grimes, oh yeah, I was done too. I yeah, I I retired it, but I've recently picked it back up, like here for the last season, and it is not let me down. Uh, it's been fantastic, and in fact, it's making me want to go back after Rick Grimes' death and just watch through and catch all the way back up because because uh, um, it's been that good. But anything zombie related, yeah, is is probably my my favorite. Um, and there, I've I, there's a lot of zombie movies that I probably would make my list, but yeah, but this is but I have to say the Walking Dead is by far like hands down. You know that's that's my that's my uh, that's my jam. That's a solid choice. It's <laughs> a solid. I know it wasn't a movie, man. so I kind of screwed yeah, it. You know, it's still solid though. I that, like the end of the world. You just feel a sense of helplessness. Like I get you. Have you have you seen Twenty Eight Days Later, dude? <laughs> I will never watch that ever again. <laughs> look, look, man. Zombies that walk and are like Ugh, and clumsy and stuff. They, those don't scare me. It's the ones that like are running at you. There's like blood the, coming out. Of the, yeah, oh, the fast ones. The really fast that, ones. Man. Yeah, they're yeah. athletic. They can jump. Yeah, they and, like can dunk a ball <laughs> and eat your brains at the same time. I can't do that, man. Yeah, yeah. So to answer your question, yes, I have, and I won't ever see it again. <laughs> uh, for me, The Shining, man. You really? Ever see the Shining? Old school, yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's a crazy movie. Like, but that's and I'm not a huge scary movie guy either, but like The Shining kind of it, it freaks you out a little bit. So, I don't know, it's just kind of it, it's like the sense of you're all alone and again there's this like sense of no one's here to rescue you. You're stuck out in the middle of nowhere and there's like ghosts all around. I don't know, just some about it, man. Yeah, no, I'm I'm uh yeah. That's a good one. Good oldie. Oldie yeah. but a goodie. Oldie but a goodie. So, uh, yeah, let's get off like the demonic stuff. That's why, I told, <laughs> that's why I told my dad, I said, yeah, I got to go celebrate the devil tonight. <laughs> no, not really. Uh, Kevin, tell us a little bit more about sluggardliness. Yeah, so um, we, uh, we did a, we've been going through a series in Proverbs where we've been looking at wisdom, and we've gotten more specific over the last few weeks where we've, where we were talking about specific top topics and finding wisdom in those in those issues. So we've talked about sex, we've talked about money, we've talked about a number of different things, but we talked about work this week and and how we are made to work, how that's ingrained in how God created us. Um, and that's a beautiful thing. And, and it's why, you know, you can go to work and, and put in a good day's work and come home and feel, you know, a deep satisfaction in, in what you're doing. Well, that's because you're designed to live and do those things. But then the other side of that is, you know, that, that just like anything, we can turn it into bad. We can be lazy 
which is the whole the sluggardliness issue. Um, I'm gonna look that up right now. Sorry, <laughs> go ahead. Because because we keep saying it. Yep. Word of, word of the week: sluggardliness. Please find a way to use it in uh, in your homes or workplaces. Um, but uh, you know how there there's a laziness that can creep in because you know because we maybe things haven't gone exactly how we could. But there's also a workaholism. Workaholicism. That's the next word I'm going to question you on. <laughs> <laughs> but we do. We we overwork. We work too much. Um, and and that's an issue too. And so it's finding that that place that's healthy, that's right, that brings honor and glory to the creator who designed and created us in a way uh, to live in a certain way that that's healthy and good. And so trying to find the best way to do that and do that well. Yeah, I, I know I <clears throat> I kind of mentioned it to you, I think a couple weeks ago, but I feel like God has kind of been using you um, over the course of this uh, Proverbs series. And I, I just feel like, you know, God has used you to, to kind of hit the nail on the head on a lot of these these topics that are common things in our lives, but we oftentimes overlook. And, uh, you know, I know I've had that problem of feeling like I'm overworked at times and then sometimes maybe not doing enough. So it is kind of finding that balance um, and, and helping and having God help you find that balance, I think, more than anything that's important. So, yeah, well done, man. Well, it's going to be, we're, I mean, we're going right on this week. Um, we're talking about uh, self-control, which is a, a big deal, you know, and understanding um, where to implement self-control in our lives and what that looks like. So um, another big one this week. I mean, it's been, it's been, you're, I, I think you're right. It's been a good series. It's been good for me. And, but it's also been pretty heavy, you know, at times. It has, um, man. Absolutely. So, but uh, hope, keep that going, keep that rolling. Maybe not the heaviness. We need to get maybe some light, lighter, sir, lighter topics in. Eventually. Yeah. Tell more jokes about yourself or something, man. People <laughs> people love jokes. Like when you make fun of yourself, Kevin, like people laugh. <laughs> <laughs> What's that supposed to be? Uh, if you have to ask, you're not ready, man. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, well done, man. I, I, like I said, I think God is using you as a vessel for this uh, throughout this series. So, great job. All right, man. So, uh, our topic for today, I really haven't mentioned it up to this point. Um, but this is a topic that, uh, you know, I, I think sluggardliness can come into play here because it kind of distracts us a lot. And this is something that we've actually talked about many, many times before. You're using the word still, so you must have discovered that it actually is a word. I mean, it fits. If the shoe fits. <laughs> uh, like I said, this is a topic we've talked about a ton. It seems to kind of pop up in almost every single podcast that we have in some way, shape, or form. Uh, so we thought with um, kind of the recent revelations of a former Facebook um, employee, she's now a whistleblower. I always forget her name. It's Frances Hogan, Frances Hogan, something like that. Um, Frances Hogan-Doss. <laughs> um, she has just kind of... Uh, Recently said a lot of revelations um, about, you know, the, the company Facebook and also the ill effects of social media in general. Um, so we thought maybe this is a, a more than appropriate time to uh, just kind of discuss that and focus on those things. So and, and another thing that, you know, we need to kind of mention off the bat here about Facebook is. Uh, and, and really any social media conglomerate is that they use these really, really complicated algorithms. Um, and those algorithms really focus on uh, keyword selections and different types of reactions from people, whether it be a like, uh, a dislike, an angry emoji, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, and if you really want you know, the algorithm discussed in... It seems like, and, and tell me if I'm wrong here with the algorithm thing, it seems like it's not just... Here, here's the things that that you could you could probably recognize that just kind of pop up. You, you're you drive by a place and you flip up Facebook and then all of a sudden the next thing you're seeing is advertisement for that place. Right, they're having a special deal. Right, or here's another one. Okay, you're you're surfing through Facebook and like you pause on a certain thing, and then that whatever that 
whatever like things like that seem to kind of come up too. So right. you don't even have to like or, it. Or you just talk with your wife and your phone's completely shut off and you might mention something that you want to buy for your child and guess what? You flip on Facebook next time and that very exact thing that you said when your phone was you thought was off is now on Facebook ready for you to see. So the, the algorithm in general is it's actually an ingenious algorithm if you want to steer a person's mind to go to a certain point, right? Or buy a certain thing or think a certain way, change their mindset, etc. cetera. Um, the algorithm in itself uh, was really, I mean, there's always been algorithms within Facebook, they've, but they've always been tailored towards um, businesses and things like that. But uh, I read an article that, that said, you know, around 2017, 2018, they kind of redesigned their algorithm to focus more on people, um, and, and people's mindsets, people's reactions. Um, and then from there, the algorithm can choose what uh, types of things are displayed on a person's Facebook feed. Um, and again, that's just Facebook. That's not, that, that's not uh, a non-indicator of any other social media outlet. But the algorithm in itself uh, is, is complicated. If you want a, a more in-depth look at that, watch The Social Dilemma. And Kevin and I have mentioned that many times before, but um, that is the the kind of the documentary to watch. It's got a lot of former social media employees on it, um, talking about how the algorithm works and why it's so detrimental in a lot of ways. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, obviously this is these are things that we've known for a long time about social media and about Facebook detrimental things. But really, this face uh, this Facebook whistleblower coming to life the last few weeks um, has kind of reprompted this conversation into. Uh, social media. So, uh, so Kevin, what are your, what are your, kind of your initial thoughts in, in terms of this conversation today? I guess, you know, let's, I, I think we, I think we have to make this personal in the sense that there's a lot of things that come up that really we have no say in, we have no control over, <laughs> you know, from a sense of, you know, politics and what are they going to do? You know, one of the articles that you and I, you know, kind of discovered in this was in the Atlantic where it talked about, you know, Facebook's its own nation, essentially, now. Mm-hmm. It, it's its own power, you know, it's its own... It's kind of like McDonald's, like, we've served over a billion now. <laughs> like, <laughs> 2.9 billion. Yeah. Active users. Right. Uh, and the article in the Atlantic said that's more than the population of China and India, the two most populous countries in the world. It's more more active users than those two countries combined as far as population goes. Yeah. So the effect of the effectiveness to influence, you know, that many people is is tremendous and it gives, you know, the leadership of this of this company, if you want to call it that, right, the an extreme extremely high amount of power, like just yeah. a huge amount of power. Well, that, that article that we were listening to, it, it mentioned Facebook is an autocracy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's singularly control. Is that a word? Singularly. Singularly. Singularly, singularly controlled. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or by a very, very small group of people. Yes. And, and there, you know, the government doesn't have, no government has any like, I mean, there are there are things within the government that you have to do, but there's very little power they have to influence, like what's actually happening, being said, what's allowed on there. Which you're talking about, pretty scary topic in and of itself when you get to, into that point, because okay, right. how much should a government control that? All right, it is a private entity. It's a private entity. Okay, it's the same thing you see going around Greenfield. This is very personal for a lot of people. Okay, you have you have people you have the uh, um, the oh the solar panels that are going up. Everybody's right. ticked off, okay? Yeah. About the solar panels going up, okay? But but one of the options that 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 people are putting out is should we have a say in what Mister So and So does with his property down the road right beside me? And you want to say yes, but that is a slippery slope. Yeah. Because yeah. as soon as you say yes to that, then then what? Then how much power do they have over your own pro- your property? You know, to then begin to make decisions on your property. I, now again, it's it's not as easy as that. 
it's not as yeah. simple as that. It's, it's a much more complex issue, and clearly in in the community we've seen that. But here's the same thing, okay? Like you you definitely have a liberal leaning, you know, governing body of Facebook, Instagram, right? Who is trying to influence people in a certain direction? Who, um, who has given certain people the ability to say certain things, and people they want to silence less of an ability to get that message out there. Okay. So there is this control that they have and you think, okay, well that's not fair. But then if the government steps in and begins to govern that, that's a slippery slope in and of itself. And so again, what you're seeing in a fallen world is the corruption that happens, but yet the power given to these certain entities that are affecting and influencing us in a negative way. It is, it is an unprecedented time. It's a time that I think we have to be really mindful and I think fearful of. Not not fearful in the sense that that we should bury our heads in the sand and, and not do anything, but but fearful in the sense that, hey, listen, there there is a lot of authority and power given to these to these companies, to these outlets, and by supporting them in whatever capacity you know, we are giving them more power in our own individual and personal lives to influence us. And I think that's that's really what we have to look at. At the end of the day, I mean, you know, let's just give the answer even before we get to the end of this. The answer is like, like you have a choice over your own life. And if you allow this thing to influence you in that way, then you've become a part of the problem. That yeah. that's the simple answer. Yeah. It's a wonderful thing called an acceptable use policy. <laughs> I have to draft those all the time at the school for any tech use, you know. Ultimately, Mr. Student, if you want to use this school issued Chromebook, you have to abide by our rules. Right. We can dictate what you look at, what you do with that Chromebook until the until you graduate. Um, and if you sign on that dotted line, guess what? You're locked in, man. You're locked in. So these AUPs, every social media company has them. Uh, and we kind of blindly sign on the dotted line. Do you, uh, um, do you read them before you sign them? I mean, okay. So yeah, that's, that's actually a great question. So this is actually, since I, I teach tech and in my computer science class, we actually have a couple lessons on privacy issues related to social media and and other outlets. So, you know, one of the things that we talk about is that say that very question, like, do we actually need to read the acceptable use policy? Do you remember this, the South park? Did you ever see the South? (laughs) Yes. Are you kidding me? I've seen every South park. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, they did one on it. It's I don't recommend it. I yeah. do not. That yeah. is a terrible episode. It was. It was. <laughs> but it takes that issue to an absolute extreme. To a very comical extreme. Um, but yeah, I mean, w- one of the things that we cover is, yes, you need to read these policies because there is language hidden in every single policy that you read, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, where... You you give them permission to track your location. You give them permission to uh, have access to different aspects of your phone. Like for example, Facebook has access to your Google Chrome browser. It has access to your Safari browser. So whatever you're searching, Facebook is behind the scenes using cookies. I know it's not real cookies, Kevin. Oh dang it, chocolate chip. <laughs> yeah, or, we'll, or yes, we'll call them chocolate chip. They're using these cookies, these little programs that are working behind the scenes to track every little thing that you are searching, YouTube, uh, your browser, whatever. Um, so you know, it, it is important to actually read through those policies, believe it or not, because they are sneaking in those little bits of language in there to try to. Yeah, but get what are you supposed to do? Say no. If you say no, then you can't use it. Absolutely. But again, that's the choice, right? That is the choice. <laughs> like, I, I don't have Twitter, right? But I have Facebook. Essentially, they're the same thing. But, I mean, it, language in Twitter, I, I almost think the language in Twitter is almost worse than Facebook in some aspects, especially in terms of, like, location and things like that. Um, but, but again, it's a choice. 
Hmm. Like you sign on the dotted line and you're abiding by not even their rules. You're, you're being dictated by what they want from you and your device and your information and your life really kind of crazy. What is like, so what do you see as like the biggest like issues that we should, that we should just be concerned and say, Hey, listen, like we've got to be mindful of this. Clearly there's very little that we can do, but like we have to be mindful of this. Cause like, you know, I, I'm just, I'm sitting at home and like the, the things that come up to, to, to mind for me are like the amount of time that, that individuals give to these, you know, to these platforms, you know, they give, they give a lot of, downtime you know you 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 mentioned it as we were beginning just kind of segueing from like our sermon talking about the sermon from last week to into you know the topic that we're discussing today and that is you know that we we give a lot of time to these and energy to these to facebook to instagram to twitter to whatever it is um because it you know it 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 meets a maybe not a healthy need but a need that or a, a a want a desire a passion in our life that you know we 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 get hooked into and an addiction almost the other thing i see is you know my my daughter doesn't have a phone yet and i mentioned this last week she doesn't even have a phone but like she'll come out wearing like this outfit that you know and it's dress up it's play but it's I mean, you know, if I'm and I'm maybe crass a little bit, seductive in a way. Like, she doesn't know that's what it is, but you know, she's she's eight years old and she's already being influenced by, you know, by these different, you know, th- these these different, maybe not social media as much right now, but there's definitely an influence from social media into, you know, what she sees on TV. What she's seeing on YouTube videos, if oh, she, yeah, I mean, there, there are kids shows that talk about TikTok and uh, Instagram and things like that now, like kids shows, yeah, stuff that Bennett and Paul and Nora would watch, you know, yeah, yeah, and so there's definitely, you know, already, and she hasn't even gotten into the real serious stuff, already a negative influence going on, you know, within our home that, you know, I, we don't, we don't let our kids just watch anything, you know, we're we're kind of strict on it, but but we're not watching them every single second you know you know even right now they're in the other room and and you know they're they're watching some stuff and i can't i'm, I'm not in there i'm not watching i'm not over their shoulder watching and i can't be over their shoulder paul get in here right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think it's i think it's scary in a lot of ways um you know so a lot of people probably care that Facebook or Twitter are tracking their location or Snapchat or whatever. Like, do I necessarily care where face, like if Facebook knows that I'm in Columbus or Greenfield or wherever? I mean, not really. Um, I think the major thing we have to look out for is types of negativity that we might put online. Um, you know, with John Gruden, for instance, a couple weeks ago, you know, the, the stuff that he put out online, uh, through emails, you know, he thought that was private, but did it come back and bite him in the butt? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, necessarily like, I don't really care about location. I think there's a lot of, there's some benefits actually to, um, giving away your, your location, uh, in some ways I'm not going to, I'm not going to like live or die on that hill, but, um, you know, I think definitely the amount of negativity that we put through email or private message or even, uh, even just a public post on these social media outlets, I think that is by far in a way the biggest danger because that can come back and bite you uh, in the butt just from a, a worldly perspective. Um, and, you know, obviously anytime you're posting negativity on, I think you're morally, ethically, and spiritually not only hurting everyone who, who looks at that, but you're hurting yourself too. So Yeah, Second Timothy 2, 23 and 25 have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels, and the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think, you know, I think that that we have a responsibility, again, in this 
this is this is what it, we always have to go back to and this is this is you know um this is counseling 101 you can only control what you can control you know you can only you can only influence what what you what you have the ability to influence and 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 so we can talk about it on a platform like this a podcast where we can hope that people listen and say hey listen let's take this serious you know i can preach on sunday mornings and and influence you know 120 people or however many show up that morning um in but but for most of us it's it's going to it's going to come in our homes it's going to come in our workplaces what we what we allow what we don't allow uh, and it's going to come from the decisions that we make personally when we're sitting on our phone in the evenings or throughout the day and what we allow, you know, to go in. Now, I think there is a, you know, there is a being informed that comes, but there also is a lot of excuses of being informed, you know, that we make for ourselves, yeah. you know, to allow ourselves to go further than maybe we should allow ourselves to go in, in some of these ways. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm going to ask you a few questions here. Um, my first question is this, and I, I want to get your thoughts on this um, because it, it could be an issue of freedom of speech, um, but it might also be something dangerous. Do you think that everybody should have access to social media? I don't, I don't know that that should be... Well, it, can you elaborate, like, explain maybe the where you're coming from in the sense of everyone so who wouldn't have access i guess is is maybe help me understand so do you think that facebook or twitter or any social media outlet should censor anybody from being on to what degree so like for example donald trump is silenced on twitter oh. um you know to to what degree do we allow people to have a voice on a social media platform because I, I have a point behind this, but I want to know your initial thoughts. I think again, it gets into that slippery slope of, you know, well, I'll, I'll compare it to this. Okay. You know, one of the things that you, the, the government has done is they've said, you know, the sep they've, they've created the separation of church and state. And, you know, as far as like what you're allowed to do in the school system and what you're not um, and who's allowed to have a, a voice in this. And, and, and as a as a believer, as a Christian, I say, you know what, like I really want to have an influence and a voice in this in this setting, you know, but here, here's the reality. If 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 they allow me to come in and preach a sermon every morning for school. <laughs> Then, as soon as some satanic influence wants to come on and do the same thing, they have to say yes to that too. And so, again, like it, the the choice is not as easy as yes or no. You know, if if you filter one, you have to filter both. And I think when you begin to filter, then you then you go down the slippery slope of do we really have you know freedom of speech? And, and the reality is no. You there are some absolute lunatics out there, you know, who are saying some idiotic, hateful, and incendiary stuff, incendiary stuff, right? But as soon as you say you can't have a voice, you can't say something, and Trump's one of those guys. Like, Trump absolutely, you know, has a voice that it can be very negative, very critical, and very, you know, has, has a lot of people up in arms in ways that aren't good, right? Like, can be very unhealthy, you know? Um, but But as soon as you censor that voice... Then it gives you a precedent to censor hundreds of others that you don't like, and I think that can be very dangerous. And so, I would I want to say yes, but then who's making the decisions to censor those voices? If it's the Lord, then I'm all on board, right? Right. But that's not the case. It's Mark Zuckerberg, right, or whoever else. Uh, and if that guy's making the decision, no, I don't I don't trust him. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, the reason I ask that is because I, I think to myself a little bit like here and there, like what if some of these really satanic historical figures that we've seen in the 20th century, especially the ones Adolf we know, Hitler. yeah, you know, what if Hitler had a Twitter account, you know, what would be the types of things that he was spouting off on that? Um, you know, what if, uh, Mao Zedong had a, uh, a Twitter account, 
or uh, Pol Pot, you know, some of these famous like dictators who have killed millions upon millions of people and and just have these incendiary ideas. Um, you know, I, I think to myself at that point, do we <laughs> do we censor or not? You know, like it's like you said, it's a slippery slope, um, but it's definitely something. Well, I think to, some uh, would say Trump fits in that category for some people. Not I don't right. I don't I wouldn't say that, but I don't I, think, I don't think so either. But I, I think there would be people that say absolutely, yeah. and so he should be censored. And yeah. I think maybe, and that comes from a very liberal side of you know the aisle, you know from that standpoint. Right. Do, but do, do I mean? Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. You go. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, like, do I personally believe that you know someone like Donald Trump had a little bit of responsibility for the January sixth thing? I think he had a little bit. Okay, but. I don't think that that was something uh, to where we can look at that and say, do we censor everything that he says? Because he, you're talking about the 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 riot at the Capitol, yeah, building, yeah, okay, yeah. Um, you know, and, and again, like that's just my personal opinion on the matter. Uh, that that's just through my emotions and feelings on the situation. Um, you know, by by no means do I have anything to really back up that notion. Uh, but it just, it gets me thinking a little bit like, you know, where, where's that line that is drawn in the sand? Obviously Twitter made that line, uh, with Trump. Um, but, but I also kind of think from a historical perspective as well, um, when a country is going through a really hard time, let's say Germany right after world war one, you know, who, who were the loudest voices in Germany right after world war one? Hitler. Goebbels. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hitler, Goebbels. I'm, I'm, and, and what was their platform to spread propaganda? It was radio back then. Yeah. You know, radio and, and then uh you know they were printing stuff like crazy. Leaflets yeah. and they were making uh you know anti-semitic movies and things like that. Yep. Um to to really ingrain a, a certain mindset in the population of Germany and Austria and every everywhere around that. Again, and they were living in a in an unprecedented time when they of a, a voice was able to be you know, projected in a way that it never had before. You right. know, if people didn't show up to your speech, then they didn't hear and they didn't pass the word. But at that point, not only could they have the speech, but they would put it on the radio and then they would broadcast it and then it would be, you know, printed and people would be able to to, to get on board with this and the movement spread in a way that it never could right. in the past, you know? Well, and I don't want people thinking I'm, like, comparing Trump or anyone to Hitler. I'm definitely no, not. No, no, no. I'm definitely not. I think, though, I, th- I think the comparison is this, though. Like, we're living in a time where it would not be hard for a voice like that exactly. to be able to get a yeah. message out that people could get on board with that sounds good, but yet, you know, you, you're giving here with your left hand, but you're taking with your right hand, you know, right. from yeah, the other it, side. It, that's the exact point that I was trying to make. You know, we're living in a time where, uh, like, we we have people who, uh, you know, need jobs but may not want to go back to work. You know, businesses are suffering. Um, coronavirus is still a thing. Like, it's a very hard, divisive time in America. And, uh, you know, it, it's a very vulnerable time. And I don't. I hate to draw comparisons between now and 1920s Germany. I hate to do that. But I'd be lying to you if I said that you know it didn't creep in the back of my mind here and there. You know, no, I, uh, I especially yeah. with social media being such a powerful platform that literally goes. You know, it's not just a nationwide thing; it's a worldwide thing now. Um, so it, it can be kind of a scary concept, and um, I, I hate to even compare the two. But, you know, I, it creeps in the back of my mind from time to time. I think, too, you know, and, and that's the thing, like, you, it always has to go back to, like, what do we have the power to influence? And, and I think for us, like, as, as believers, as Christians, it is that we be respectful, gentle, um, that we honor one another, you know, um, and, and, and here's a passage for you, they may, that they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation, First Peter 2.12. Uh, so what, what does that mean? You know, the, the Bible continues to speak to us in an extremely significant way, even in the face of these issues that, you know, in, in, in our world we've never seen before. And, what it says is, hey, listen, we can be light. 
We can be a city on a hill. We can be a positive and good influence. Um, but we have to be mindful of what we're saying. We have to be mindful of what we're doing. It doesn't say don't be involved. It doesn't say stay away from these things. What it says is, hey, listen, like do this in a way that brings glory to God alone. And that doesn't mean you're going to change everything. I, you know, I think we all see the writing on the wall, like that this world is is slipping into a dark place that we will not be able to come out of in a lot of ways. But that doesn't mean that we can't influence and that we can't encourage and love people and create, you know, a positive thing from from a very negative thing that it's become, the very negative thing it's become. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I had a Bible verse in mind from Proverbs, but uh, I can't remember the exact um, chapter and verse that it was in. I was trying to search for that while you were talking. But yeah, I mean, I agree. Um, it's uh, it's one of those things we have to go in with a little bit of discernment. Um, I think we, and, and we have to use that discernment to sort out and filter misinformation um, that's coming through social media and really any aspect of life. Um, so, so Kevin, that kind of leads me to my next question. And again, I kind of, I kind of have a point behind it that I want to make, but I want to ask you again first, how much does government or church interfere with a private business's freedom of speech? Or maybe in the case of Facebook, the censorship of certain types of speech. You know, we, we, we were listening to that podcast where um, they were talking about, it's a pretty bipartisan agreement that social media needs to be reined in a little bit. Um, whether that be by the government, the church, um, it, it, you know, other they, private, they're businesses. not going to let the church do that. <laughs> Probably not. Right. Probably not. But again, that, like that's, that's just my question. You know, yeah. does it, does, does someone step up an outside entity besides that private business and say, okay, enough is enough. Changes need to be made. I think there has to be oversight, but I think that's the problem and 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 hopefully we have you know enough intelligent people looking at this seriously and saying hey listen if we if we step into it in this way then here are <laughs> here are the repercussions of that here are the consequences of that right if we don't here are the consequences of that and then weighing those things and being wise and and making the decisions of how you know these things can be governed in in any way that they can you know, one of the things that that we do in the church that I think is extremely important, and one of the things that you know that that I think can happen is is, and you we've seen this in really negative ways in the church. Okay, what happens? You have this dynamic leader that comes along, and he says the right things, he teaches the right things, he does the right things, you know, um, and influences people in a really positive way, develops an incredible following, becomes extremely popular, right, to his congregation and maybe even to, you know, you know, a state and a nation and a people group, you know, in in a significant way, you know, I mean, there there's tons of them out there. You know, we could we could name several men who have become that, right? A positive, they're positive encourage but but what's what's some of the things that we know happen negatively right well that power corrupts and as it corrupts right it it allows this person to feel like they're bigger more important you know above the law in certain ways and they yeah. abuse that yep. these are christian men these are, i mean and these are men who have had incredibly good and positive influences on other people okay and so when they get too big to the point where there is where they're not listening to wise counsel what happens you know it you know bad things right bad things whether it be hey they had this man i have tried to mute this i apologize this is the i can't for some reason i can't figure out how to use my computer technology tell you <laughs> um but but what what I think the church, how the church was designed to set up is is not this one voice that speaks and everybody has to listen because here, here's what I'd say like any leader, I don't care how good they are, need to vet 
what they're saying and what they're doing through other people that they give power to say, no, that's not a good idea or yes, that is, you know, and influence that. So the church is supposed to have a plurality of leadership. It's not one voice or one person making all the decisions, but it's one one person that may be like the spokesperson for that and maybe has a lot of influence in that, but is wise enough, is humble enough to be willing to take the advice of other people and 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 make decisions based on that, even if it goes completely against what they think is right. Be willing and humble enough to say, you know what? I'm going to bow to the to to the desires of other individuals in this who are also wise and and, and say, you know what? I don't have it all figured out. And I'm going to trust that the men and women around me that give me counsel and advice, you know, know what they're talking about and, and, and trust that God can speak through not just me, but through every single person involved in that. And I think, I think that's the problem. I don't know that we have enough people politically that are doing that or enough people, you know, in these companies that are doing that. I mean, they're believing the hype. You know, they they believe that that they should be the person making the decision and that their voice should be the one that everybody else should listen to. You know, and, and when we when we're not when we're not taking counsel and advice from other people in those things, good, godly people in my opinion, then then you're gonna set yourself up for failure at some point. You're gonna slip. You're 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 a human being and, and I think you know as well as I do, Nate, like there are seasons where you know, I go through times spiritually where things are clicking on all cylinders and God is 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 using me and speaking through me. But then there are seasons where I need somebody to step in and say, Hey, listen, dude, like you're failing. You know, my wife's not afraid to 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 have those conversations with me. The eldership in, in this church, my close friends, you know, and even family members. And and so I have to I have a decision to make in every one of these instances, okay? Do I say, you know what? How this person said this maybe isn't maybe doesn't make me feel good. <laughs> maybe it hurts my feelings a little bit, but there's probably some truth in what they said even if not every bit of it's exactly right. Yeah. And am I wise enough to listen to that and know that God can speak through them? Speak through his word, speak through them, speak through the Holy Spirit in my life, right? Speak through my children. You know, I've I've told stories where you know, I'm I'm on the way to school and, you know, we're we're having a prayer and and my my kids will say something they'll pray something, and God will be just like you know crack the whip, yeah. and speak through even their voices. When someone is not utilizing all of those resources to make the decisions that we need to make in our lives in regard to anything, including something as important as this social media, there's a problem. So I don't know if that's the government's job. I think the government, I think one side of the aisle would say, you know, the government should gobble up that power and utilize that. The other side, you know, is, is, is more leery towards that and, and, and says, no, we shouldn't because if we do this, there's a slippery slope down this path. So I, I don't think it's an easy thing, but I do know this. I think, I think there is a wisdom that, that we can have in these situations that can, that can make this a good thing. I just don't know that, we'll ever see that again, you know, with with the trajectory that we're on as a nation, as a world, really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, in the past few years especially, people in power have been pushed to the point of, have, like, they truly believe that everything is on them and on their shoulders, and they, whether times are bad or whether times are good, um, you know, they feel that weight. And when times are bad, they try to deflect a little bit of that, um, which is, I mean, certainly understandable. They're human, like you said. Yeah. No one, no one here is going to ever lie to me and say, "Oh, yeah, I'm perfectly fine with taking all the problems of the world and putting them on my shoulders." <laughs> <laughs> but how much respect do we give a leader that does? You know. Oh my gosh, I, I give a ton. Now, I will tell you this: I don't believe a large population of our country respects a leader like that because I think their view of a leader is severely skewed. Yeah. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't disagree. But I think there is an ingrained you know, again to go back to how we were created, you know, we talked about work and you're created to do work. I think we we were created from the beginning, whether we ignore that or not, with 
you know, a set of rules in us. Romans talks about that, that the begin, the, the, the first couple chapters in Romans, I mean, you want to read, you know, some stuff that's really convicting and that deal with what, what we're talking about right now. The, the first chapter in Romans absolutely deals with this. It, it deals with, Hey, listen, you, you have these rules written on your heart. God has, God has created you with them. So you, when you have this sense of this is right and this is wrong, that's not that you know, actually, <laughs> you know, that's that God put that code. <laughs> yeah. He put that, um, algorithm, you know, if we want to use like the terms we're working with in, in your heart, yeah. he did that. And what we're seeing is a world ignoring the algorithm that God gave us in creating our own. And when we create our own, that's when problems arise. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, I'm going to have to use that in a sermon. Yeah, that's good, man. That just can't. If you want some like cool programming words to say along with it, I'll totally give you like source code. You can say conditional statements. Like I'll throw out some cool terms for you if you want. Dude, hey, stop sleeping. (laughs) Sorry. Oh, wait, get away. Sorry, I got stuff to learn, Kevin. (laughs) Uh, No, I finally found that that verse from Proverbs. And, you know, it says, uh, the fear and knowledge of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge itself, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Read read that again. The the fear and knowledge of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge itself, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Um, so I think, you know, it kind of goes back to what you were saying. Uh, where, where are we putting our trust? Where are we getting our information from? Um, you know, the fool despises wisdom and instruction. Where does wisdom and instruction come from? God. Yeah. And I think we're instead replacing, we're substituting that, that notion with social media. We're looking to social media for answers. We're looking for good feelings, uh, for meaningful social interactions, as Facebook per- puts it, or, or MSI. Um, we're looking for that MSI from Facebook or any social media. Where's that MSI supposed to come from, though? From God. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the, that was the original sin. Right. You know, Adam and Eve in the beginning, it was, you know, they, they had everything. It was per- It was a perfect world in every way. You know, from a physical standpoint, from a psychological standpoint, emotional, all these, all these, all these things, it was perfect. And there was there was one bad choice that could be made, and it was that there's this supposed knowledge out there of good and evil that I don't have that I wanted. And why did we desire that? Because we we too often always are trying to put ourselves in the place of God in our lives. And so instead of submitting to that authority and that power, you know, that is the ultimate, that is the only one that can ever make the right decision in this, you know, we, we set ourselves up as the right and the wrong in our life. And when we do that, we fail, like, and we will fail. We want to be God <laughs> and we yeah. cannot be God. And that's the problem. And and that's what we're seeing with, you know, the leaders of these companies. That's what we're seeing politically, you know, in this nation is, I'm sorry, you know, I, I don't know if you voted for Joe Biden or, or Donald Trump. Neither one of those guys, you know, are, are 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 going to be able to come up with the answers that are going to make things perfect. The only way that we do that is 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 when we completely rely on God and God alone. And that's what we're trying to move away from, sadly, in 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 so many aspects of our life. Yeah. Um so we got a few minutes left here, uh, but last question, um, you know, I, I was thinking a little bit about what we were saying in terms of propaganda. This conversation is kind of, it started with the personal effects of what social media can do on you. It's kind of gravitated more towards like the public aspect, the public problems that it can cause. Um, so I was thinking, um, you know, I go back to that. I'm a historical guy. I think I think historically linear, linearly. That's a word, right? Mm, no, but go ahead. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Neither is sluggardliness. So. Whoa, whoa. Uh, so it is now I, trademark. <laughs> Kevin Stuckey. Linearly. Um, so again, I go back to like that period after World War One. There are a lot of things that were chaotic at times. You know, communism was starting to become a big thing. Anarchy was. Um, anarchists were, were starting to become a popular social and political sphere. Um, and I think of something like Schneck versus the United States. So Charles Schneck was the guy, um, he passed out anti-war leaflets during World War One, 
and he essentially was arrested for that, and he said that it violated his freedom of speech um, because of that. Um, of course, he was found in a court of law. He was guilty of all charges because obviously that was uh, submissive towards the overall war effort. Um, but again, it became an issue of freedom of speech. And it's where we kind of coined the term, you don't yell fire in a crowded movie theater. That's where that was coined from. Um, so my, my last and final question is this, you know, in terms of, of personal freedom, uh, how does social media affect that? Um, you know, I guess, I guess maybe another way to term it is, do we limit the amount of personal freedom overall that social media um, gives us or doesn't give us uh, for this? And that might be a little bit more of a, a repetitive question, but I'm, I guess I'm trying to phrase it a little bit different. So I, this is what I'd say, because I, I think, you know, if you talk about the broader topic of this, it's hard to answer that question, but I think if you if you bring it down to me as a believer, as a as a Christ follower, the answer is yes. And 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 this is this is why I say that to to follow Christ is to put yourself in in a in a submissive state period. So if I am going to follow Jesus Christ in my life, if I'm going to honor him as God, as my savior, as the leader, as the shepherd, as, you know, as as, you know, the, an, another analogy used or another, you know, illustration used is the one of him being the husband and 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 us the church being his wife. In all of those circumstances, it is a submission of an authority that is greater, that is wiser, that is more powerful and more meaningful than myself. And so as a Christian, I think there is a submission submission that comes, you know, is a submission that when I get on social media and I do certain things, that I'm going to do it in a certain way. And so I'm not going to say certain things. I'm not going to talk about certain things. I'm not going to put out certain things that that can can create fighting and backbiting and negativity and, and hurt other individuals. I'm not going to post pictures of myself, you know, in a bikini or I'm I'm not going to post you know things that set my life up as look at look at how perfect it is you know I do this or or you know the thing that that we talked about um, that we've talked about you know kind of jokingly is you know saying a negative about ourselves that actually ends up being a positive uh, I, what is there's a term for that uh, can you remember what the term is. I can't remember. Let's see if I can look it up real That's quick. That's all right. But but it's it's this idea of like, hey, you know, you're you're saying this negative thing about yourself, but actually it makes you look good like, you know, I you know, you know, I sometimes will allow my job to be right if I'm if I'm interviewing for a job you say something like you know uh, you know I can be a workaholic negative know? negative self-talk. Okay, there you go. Yeah, sorry. So again, you're 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 saying something that that Maybe as a negative, but you know, if you're a guy getting ready to hire a guy, you say, "Oh, he's a workaholic." Well, I want that guy. You know, so so it's saying things. You know, we we can't do that. We can't falsely advertise who we really are. And I think, you know, it's a breath of fresh air when you see people actually using social media in that way. You know, and and we don't see it anymore. We don't see it as much. Well, I, we don't see it as much. I should say, where individuals are actually speaking truth that they're actually being kind and humble and loving and caring and, and and they're thinking about others over themselves. And so so I think for us as Christians, there absolutely should be, you know, a policy agreement that we have with God to where we say, yes, I accept these terms because accepting those terms means that I'm submitting myself to the the only entity that ever, you know, deserves 
you know, my submission, and that is Jesus Christ. And so uh, that's how I'd answer that question. I know it doesn't fully answer like the general question. I think it becomes much more complicated no. because we're living in a world that that doesn't do that. I, I think it answers it perfectly because you know you took it from it being a public problem to ultimately it's a personal thing, right? Yeah, right. And it's all it's it's all about a personal relationship in the end with God. So no, I think you answered that great, man. Um, I'll end with this. I, I always ask my wife why she's on Facebook. Like she's on it a lot. And, uh, yeah, I say, I always tell her like, it's just so negative. Like I just, you see nothing but negative crap on there. And she says, yeah, you're right. But I also see pictures of other people's little kids out trick or treating or getting stuff on Christmas day. And that's a positive. So I think that's, that's the mentality that we have to have going into social media. It's, it's not that we, we, we can be negative Nancy's ourselves about this whole thing. And, uh, and it, we can get caught up in, and we in, can get caught in up in, in a lot of stuff. But ultimately I think we have to remember that, you know, social media is allowed by God for a certain purpose. What is that purpose? It's, it's ultimately social media's purpose was to connect. Right. And I think ultimately that's the mindset we have to go in uh, with every time we open up Facebook or Twitter or whatever, how are we connecting? How are we showing true connection? And how does that how does that online connection ultimately lead to real life connection? You know, I don't think we should totally have our online lives over here and over here on the the right hand side. We we connect with these people in right. a totally different way in in real life. Um, so I think that's kind of the mindset we have to have. And uh, every time we open up that that app, yeah, I I agree, and I think. You know, without Facebook, without SoundCloud, without iTunes, you know, this platform for this talk couldn't happen. You know, without Facebook, without Vimeo, without YouTube, you know, we have we don't have an outlet to to get out the positive message of Jesus Christ that we have on right. Sunday mornings in in this building. Um, and without those things, us as individuals don't have an opportunity to you you think about some of the individuals who have lost loved ones uh from you know the coronavirus um over the last you know several months and and an opportunity to encourage and love them through that platform you know i think is an extremely you know powerful thing i think about you know jana hodson and and the and the great loss that she had you know, when Chad passed and, and how she has utilized Facebook as a platform to encourage and to share her story, you know, of pain and suffering in, in a way that encourages other people, you know, and I, I know there's just been times where I've read posts that she's put out and just been in tears because of how God is loving and encouraging her through this deep, dark time in their lives and, and seeing the power of God and his hand moving in their lives. I, there's, I wouldn't know some of the things that I know about yeah. individuals, you know, if it weren't for that. And so I think there is definitely, you know, an incredibly significant and meaningful way to use these things. And I think that that's, that has to be our mindset. It can't be to gobble up all these things and, and, and to allow it to become an addiction in our life. I think it has to become something where we say every time we open that app, God, how can I honor and glorify you today when I open Facebook or Instagram or social media of any platform? Right. And if we can do that, which is a very difficult thing to do, it's a very it takes a, a, a very a very deep discipline, right? A very strong discipline in our life to do that. And if we can't, then I think we need to shut it off. And I think some people have made the decision to say, hey, listen, I can't I can't do this and do this well. It's gonna suck me in, it's gonna create you know, a, a negative, you know, thing in my life. And so I need to turn it off. And I think there are definitely people listening, you know, or that will hear this and, and, and that needs a decision for you, at least maybe for a time, at least turn it off and, 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 and allow some health to come back. But for others, it is maybe, you know, there needs to be a confidence to begin to speak that, that, that positivity into the world that needs that message so desperately. And, and that is the message that Jesus Christ came into the world he lived and he died for you, and he made a way for you to connect to God in a way that you never could when he died on the cross for your sins, and he rose again and gave us victory and an ultimate hope and a future um, that this world is not the end. Yeah, well said, man. Well said. Yeah, I remember, folks, splitting the atom was originally a bad thing, but 
Um, we found some good uses for it. So I think we need to apply that same thinking towards social media and really follow through on it as Christ followers. Well, Kevin, I think we're past time. So, uh, if you would, can you, uh, shut us down in prayer? Yeah. Father God, uh, we do. We thank you for uh, times like this that we get to use um, a social media platform to to speak about you and the hope that you give, uh, the only hope worth really embracing and going after, God. And I just pray that we'll do that more and more uh, as we go forward. Lord, um, this issue doesn't go away. This issue will continue be continually be um, a debate and a talk that will be negative and positive, God. And we just pray that that you will reign uh, and that we as your followers uh, will constantly um, be pushing for uh, just the ability to be a light um, in a dark place and to be a hope to a people that need it so desperately. We thank you for the opportunity of that, God. And we just ask uh, for your blessing in our lives uh, and the things that we do. Uh, and that we'll honor and submit ourselves to you more and more every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Kevin, say bye-bye. See ya. See you guys. Have a good week. Oh, in a couple weeks, we will be interviewing a man named Keith Wasserman from Good Works in Athens, Ohio. So we're going to take it back on the road. Uh, Should be. I'm really looking forward to that conversation. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned, guys. See ya.